All right, uh, I'm taking these out. These these okay. suck. I mean, it doesn't suck. It's just I, I don't like this kind of headphone either. Uh-uh. <laughs> I can't stand it. Make sure your ear won't pop. No bubble. You don't need to come over here. I've got to get uh, a case for those headphones that uh, you got me because uh, I just, you know, it's wear and tear in and out of this bag. Mm-hmm. I don't appreciate it. All right. Test one, two. talk this is your host alan and uh this is a untapped in vinyl yay so i got monk here with me how are you you had a pretty good cool weekend didn't you man the past two weekends have been great yes we're on a row here trying to figure out how to uh one up one up it with this weekend (laughs) what am i gonna do (laughs) alabama win maybe that could one up it arkansas yeah Uh, that could be a tough game yeah we're gonna whoop the shit out of auburn you know that right because nicks is out for better or worse. <laughs> it is in Voodoo City, though. Yeah. You can't never count the, uh, well, I don't know. You can't count nobody out, man. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason they play, right? Yeah. And I, I was talking, uh, you know, my dad, he's just so concerned about Georgia. And he was like, I just don't want even Alabama to go to Atlanta. And I was like, they play for a reason, man. Anything can possibly happen, you know? Yeah. Anything yeah. could happen. Yeah, who, did, who did I see the other day that, that's probably going to be us and somebody for the SEC championship? That's already been decided, hasn't it? Us, it's us in Georgia. Us. Now, in the in the West, you know, a lot of if Alabama was to lose out, and if Ole Miss won out, Ole Miss would win the West. Or if Alabama lost out and Ole Miss lost out, Arkansas could win it. Yeah. Or Texas A and M could win it. So it's really a free for all, but uh, I, I mean Georgia. Nobody's going to beat Georgia this year. I think it's theirs to lose. I think the yeah the only the only thing I see is Alabama goes to Atlanta to play Georgia, and the thing about Georgia is like we've seen these dominant Alabama Crimson Tide teams, and there was a game throughout the season to where they were exposed, to where they didn't look good. Mm-hmm. Georgia hasn't looked bad no, no. I, I don't think we have that explosive team this year that we have had 
I mean, well, look at all the slow goings, the, the slow starts we've had th- this season so far. What do you think is, like, what it is? I mean, you know, like, you have, like, Brian Manasco. Shout out, Brian. Yeah. Is uh, fire Pete Golden. And I see a lot of Bama fans on that. That's the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if that's the the answer of – I, th- I don't see any defensive leaders. I've I've all I've always felt that, and I don't know because I've never played football other than just in the yard, you know. Um, so I don't know. Oh, get the cat out of here. Um, I don't know if it's kind of like them letting it go to their heads. Yeah, you know, that's what I kind of feel like. Like we're playing for Alabama, and that's why we got the number one recruiting class. And they come in going, "I'm playing for Alabama, the number one." You know, did they go in on the field with that attitude? Who knows? And, and, and when they get out there, and with NILs, you know, like these players can be played. I don't. At, I don't believe in that shit. I, I think that that look at Clemson. I mean, Clemson has just been horrible this season, and I've I've seen a lot of Clemson fans, and even like within the Clemson fan base or even commentators for Clemson. It's like, this is what happens when you pay them. Yeah. Like, I just I just think that maybe maybe the team goes in a little too overconfident. Well, I mean, they should have a big slice of humble pie after losing to A&M, but yeah. it doesn't seem like they had. I mean, because, yeah. I mean, we had such a hard time with LSU. Mm-hmm. Of, now, New Mexico State looked fine. But it's, yeah, but, I mean, shit, those first ten minutes made me made my stomach hurt, man. It's like, yeah, oh, no. <laughs> I, I, so, I didn't, I didn't watch uh, the game live. I watched it uh, last night, and it looked like Saban had a conniption fit, and then everything started <laughs> yeah. kind of falling in place. You know, we always play better after halftime, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. So I, I would For sure. Ha- I'd hate to be a fly on that wall in the yeah. locker room. It's like the first time we've ever started off talking about football. Yeah. It's untapped and vinyl, but we could talk about other shit, too. Yeah, right on. Uh, so, today, uh, we have Doghead. Dogfish Head. Dogfish. I think it should be called Dankhead for this one. This yeah. is their 60-minute IPA, and it's going to make your breath stink. <laughs> yeah, we've had the 90-minute on here before. I mean, I'm a fan of the 60-minute, but I prefer the 90-minute. I doubly prefer the 120-minute, which I've had several times. Uh, I had a, went to with my cousin up in um, Arlington. That's not Arlington, Fairfax, Virginia, mm-hmm. and we went to the Dogfish Head little brew pub they've got up there and had the 120 minute on tap. Oh my gosh, dude, that's a fine beer. And I tell you, I'm gonna tell you a story. This is me because you know I work with Alt 1017 now, but I used to work with 95.3 The Bear for 11 years in Tuscaloosa. So I would go as part of our country station up to um, an event called Country Cares for St. Jude Kids in Mm -hmm. Memphis. And basically it's a chance for all these country singers who support St. Jude to work with all of these radio disc jockeys who um, do St. Jude radiothons. And so I get stuck one night going out to um, the Flying Saucer in downtown Memphis um, with Crystal Keith, whose father is Toby Keith. So we end up going out to this bar... There's a really cool picture of us on on my Instagram feed at Monk on the Radio, um, where she's wearing my badge and I'm wearing hers and we're holding <laughs> up and smiling, you know. But um, she was with the the guy from her father's record label, Show Dog Records, which is like I think they're part of uh, like Columbia or Universal or something like that. And so he's got all the money to blow to make these radio people impressed as shit and want to play Crystal's music, you know. So he asked me what I want, and I'm like, you know, they're all drinking whiskey. And I'm like, oh, no, I want some beer. And I look up, and I see 120 minutes. I'm like, ooh, I've never had that before. 
So I told him I wanted one. Well, he comes back to the table with two of them. It's 18% alcohol. Did you know that at the time? Yeah, I knew. I knew the 18% alcohol. I didn't expect he was going to bring me two of them. So then I drank both of them, and they were ready for more of their rounds of whatever they were drinking. So he was like, you want another one? I said, yes, just one, not two. Brings me two more. (laughs) So I sit there and drink these four, and then there was a moment where I just sat there, and I was like, you know, because my hotel was like two blocks away, standing in the Peabody, and I was like, eh, probably time for me to go on back (laughs) to my hotel. Like I I, I hate to see it because there are some truth. I see some of the memes about, you know, with any kind of culture within a culture like this IPA culture, people who enjoy the India Pale Ales or people who enjoy porters or sours or yeah. all these different styles of craft beer, is uh, I see these memes. My buddies post them, and I just feel like they're directly towards me. Is like uh, just straight up hating on people who like IPA and it's like it's an acquired taste mm-hmm. and it's like well you know regular beer or any kind of anything really is acquired if you just I hated beer when I first started drinking beer yeah had to like hold my nose to get to and maybe I should have stopped there probably would have saved myself yeah. a lot of trouble <laughs> but uh, you know I'll never forget we were working uh, a festival in Tuscaloosa I was uh, working with Monson and Brothers we had the you know the oh, band I, there. yeah and you introduced me to the snake handler. <laughs> and at that time, like, I had not drank a lot of IPAs. And personally, I wasn't that big of a fan. I was just getting into them. Mm-hmm. And so I go in there and I order two shots of whiskey. <laughs> and I get a snake handler. And when I finish that snake handler, dude, I am a... Uh, <laughs> You're uh, the best salesperson out I'm there. I'm the best, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't know a stranger. Hey, girl, yeah. hey, girl what are you going to do with that beard in your life? I don't have a beard. Well, I have got applications over here if you need one, you know, or whatever else. And yeah. just cutting up, having a good time. And uh, I've, ever since then, with Snake Handler, no looking back. But you, you know what? And now I'm going to say this because I am a, I'm a fucking beer snob. I'll say it. You are not a beer snob. You can drink other beer. I've been tainted and I cannot. Like, I, like I, we were at, um, at, uh, porch fest mm-hmm. and you walk up and you're holding I guess a natty light in your hand yeah and I'm like you know way in hell I'd ever drink a natty light I don't care if I was <laughs> dying of thirst out on a desert island you know that's what I, that's me and Johnny so sure, you know yeah, jo- Johnny yeah. Johnny can, comes up from Mobile and he stays with me yeah and anytime I go down to Mobile well that's all good, that's all good I, and I told you it's like Johnny drinks natural light and Jack Daniels whiskey <laughs> and if I had my preference like my favorite whiskey or bourbon right now is Long Branch by Wild Turkey. Yeah. And Wild Turkey. I, I love Wild Turkey. Dude, I've gotten hooked on Gentleman Jack. Gentleman Jack that is, is not bad. That is smooth shit because I don't want to mix nothing, you mm-hmm. know, when it comes to... And that's the problem I've always had. I've not found, other than Irish whiskeys, which, like, I love Jameson and Powers. I could drink those straight out the bottle, you know. Um, but, like, I've always wanted a whiskey that I didn't have to mix with something. Mm-hmm. And like Jim Beam and crap like that. And Woodford Reserve. Oh, it's awful. It, it, was smooth, made for, it was made for Coke. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but like Woodford Reserve is good, but I can't afford that. And, and enjoy the shits you're going to have tomorrow if you go too heavy. <laughs> oh, that's going to suck too. Or if you go too low on the shelving. You yeah. Know, you get down there to get some some horror, horrible fucking stomach pains. Yeah, out of, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And no, like, you know, back in the day, teenage years and like early 20s, I mean, you would definitely drink that wine because you didn't have any money. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, I remember. But now it's like, dude, if I, I'm going to spend $40 on a bottle because like like you said, it's like, I'm going to put three cubes of ice in there and, you know, two 
two good shots of whiskey, and I'm going to just sip on it for the evening. Yeah. I'm not out there trying to get hammered. Yeah. I'm just having a glass of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Like, when we were kids, do you remember the song Night Train by Guns N' Roses? I always thought you was about to say Bob Seger. No. But I, yeah, I'm no. familiar with both. No, yeah. that wouldn't be Night Train, though. That would be uh, Night Moves. That would be Night yeah. Moves. So, Night Train. Night Train was a wine. It's like a $4 bottle of wine. So, so that was easily attainable for us. It was mm-hmm. had a red label on it. It had a train coming up on it. Um, and we we got that stuff. Man, that's the one time I got busted drinking by my mother. It was also representative of what was going to happen to you the next day. Oh, my gosh, man. It was horrible. And then we used to drink Thunderbird. I don't know if they make that anymore. It oh, they got this little... new shit called bootlegger. Well, it's not really Oh, no, that bootlegger stuff. That's for people who just want to get straight fucked. Yeah. I mean, F-U-C-T. Yeah. I mean, that stuff. That stuff is just sugary, sweet liquor. It just... I'm planning to get drunk and rowdy. Yeah, I remember when it came out like 15 years ago, and someone like bought like four or five bottles of that over to the house. Oh this gosh. is back when we used to like party and at the house green. every weekend. Yeah, it's well, they got multi blue now. and red and everything else. And yeah. uh, he's like, "Here, try this." I took one sip, and I was like, "No, sir, uh-uh. <laughs> I don't want none of that." Why? This tastes like a disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a hangover, man, all that sugar that's in those dang things. Good gracious. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't partake in all this such as that, but. Do you yeah. ever do you ever mess with uh, just one more side story? No, you're good. We're doing good here tonight. Yeah. We're just uh, free balling. All right, as, you go ahead and tell your story. Do. I'm gonna step to the refrigerator and grab another brew. Right on. I need one too. Of uh, do you ever mess with like Everclear at all? I did. Well, yes. I thank you, sir. Yes, I didn't mess with Everclear, but my bad Everclear story came from Purple Passion. Oh, okay. Because it had Everclear in it, mm-hmm. and we bought a two liter of it one night and something happened i ended up drinking that whole two liter by myself and vomited purple yeah that was pretty gross so no i don't really care about the everclear yeah no, it's it's hard to find like uh which i'd never go into a liquor store looking for it but uh there's i've had a couple of everclear nights that uh you know it's just straight regret is all it is regret in a bottle but back to the 60 Do they, do they even still make Everclear? Like I say, man, I haven't seen a bottle yeah, of it in so okay. long. Now they got a cool band out of it. Is that where their band name came from? I guess from? so. I don't know. How did they never get sued? That's fair, yeah. You know? And I was sitting, that was one of the coolest experiences I ever had in radio. Is I stood in Tuscaloosa at the radio station right outside of the Alt 1017 studio and had a 20-minute... 20 minute conversation mm-hmm. with Art Alexakis about music yeah. and tattoos. Because he's got girls, and so he's got like the Powerpuff girls tattooed on his arm. And I figured it, it would have been like those sailor, you know, tattoos, the Navy guys. He's got some old school kind of looking stuff, I guess, too, but his arms are covered. You know, he's, he's solid. But um, um, just that was one of the best, coolest things <laughs> I've, the coolest uh, experiences I've had in, in radio, for sure. So, I mean, just 60 minute IPA, this is 6%. So I'm going to guess the 90 minute goes to 12? No, 90 minute is 9%. And then with the 120 minute is 18%. So they just skipped 12 and just yeah, went right just to said, 18. Fuck it. <laughs> right to 18. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, overall, I, I do not enjoy this as much as the 90. I, I haven't had the 120, but this, yeah. it's, a, it's a good beer. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid three and a half. There you go. Yeah, I'll I mean, see. it's a good, good drinking IPA. Um, it is a little dank. It is. It's like you said. Like right when you open, smelled it, it's like this is gonna make my breath stink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, not like a not like a, a Druid City lamplighter or moonlighter IPA, which like I always loved it. Like when they would be out for like two or three days, and all of a sudden you see fresh. the announcement there's a fresh batch, and you'd go in there and like that that lamplighter burp. <laughs> was so it was like fruity pebbles coming up in your mouth. It's like yes, all right, I love this. That's what I like to taste. But this right here, I don't think the burps are going to be as enjoyable. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't want to burp. No, whole <laughs> no part of that.
Oh, uh, so man, just uh, to recap the past two weekends. Uh, so I had porch fest at my house. Uh, Saturday went over well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at the peak time, it was probably about sixty people. There was That's a lot awesome. of there was a lot of in and out yeah. people coming and going. That's you know typical with music festivals, I mm-hmm. guess. I don't know too many people that try to throw a festival in their backyard, but yeah, that uh, was a cool setup, man. And and Sunday, uh, it was a small crowd for Night Surf, but I was just happy that uh, Night Surf came out. Night Surf is my favorite punk band in the area, so yeah, I think oh, they they're a, they are a fantastic. I mean, even like I guess I've seen them twice now, um, but they're just they're tight as fuck. They are. I mean, they really are. Super tight. You know, uh, Cole is not the original bassist, but I believe that he was. I was. I was going to text Jamie to try out for Night Surf, and then I saw the announcement on social media that Cole was picked to be the bassist, and I. I didn't, but I wanted to text Jamie, and I was like, "You made the right decision." Yeah. Because uh, I think like. Uh, with Night Surf, it's just a three-piece. And Cole, he does a really great job of, like, adding the bottom. And, like, they do a lot of cool stuff between mm-hmm. him and the drummer and uh, between him and Jamie. Yeah, he doesn't just follow the guitar player. No, he does yeah. not. Yeah. He's playing. I mean, a lot of times in punk rock, that's kind of what you, you're used to, you know. Mm-hmm. So, But they're a little more melodic. But, I mean, back to uh, Saturday, uh, Sarah Lee Langford kicked it off. Dude, that's what I hate. I missed, man. Gosh. I wanted to see her so bad. And her set was her. phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, and then Can Rabbit and Ryan went up by himself, and he played like four or five songs, and then the rest of the band came up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the first time they had ever done that ever. Really? So that was that was really cool. That's the first time the full band has played live. Yes. Yeah. And it was on my back porch, so I was thrilled about that. And uh. Then the night just continued to get more interesting. This uh, little songwriter group that I'm in. You ended up in the house and inside. We did, we did. Because I, I just, so everybody knows, I didn't make it on Saturday. I came yeah. out on Sunday. So Mitch Presley, uh, he goes on next, and this kind of adds into, like, it's a singer-songwriter group. It's uh, Bo Adams, and he didn't he didn't make it. Uh, he had something come up. His brother, well, I don't, I'm not going to go into family yeah, details. Yeah. Um, uh, if you're the praying type, just pray for the family. Uh, or if you, thoughts or well wishes or whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was coming up from Florida to be there. I was extremely excited about meeting Bo in person. I was a huge fan of his music. Uh, but hopefully uh, we'll be meeting up this weekend in Philadelphia. So uh, Bo Adams, Daniel Sharp, Mitch Presley, Moon Pie Curtis, and Josh Knighton. Uh, we're all in this like singer-songwriter group where we're like just collaborating and like mm-hmm keep the wheels turning every day and just continue to push each other, you know, like yeah. keep riding, keep it up, keep going. So we're planning on meeting this weekend, but Mitch Presley kicked, we call ourselves the Desperados. Mm-hmm. And so he kicked that off. And so it's a cool fact, and Mitch doesn't own up to it, but this is the question that I have for you. He's from Tupelo, and his last name's Presley. Mm-hmm. Was it, what's the correlation? <laughs> is he related to third cousin third cousin to elvis wow that's pretty awesome man and he does not bring it up yeah and so i didn't know it until he went on and daniel walks over there to me and he said uh it's pretty good ain't he i said yeah i'm i'm he's awesome yeah and um he's like that's elvis's third cousin i said hmm how about that that's pretty fantastic and he's like he don't care anything about it 
he would never bring it up. He'd never tell you. When he gets off stage, just ask him about it. Just see what he says. Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, imagine trying to own up to that. He's like, I want to be known for my music, and, you know, I want to be known for me. I don't want to be riding off the curtails of family sure, name. Sure, yeah. And I was like, have you ever considered, like, maybe changing your stage name? And he's like, I'm not going to do that either. Well, I mean, one would not have assume just because your last name's Presley, you're, you know. I mean, I, I didn't either. You yeah, know, if Daniel so, wouldn't have told me, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. It's, hmm. it's not a big deal. But, like, just, you know, as much as, like, you and I have been involved in the music world, it's like, oh, you're related to Elvis. Play every Elvis song. No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. who's going to do that? Yeah. And then after him, Daniel Sharp went on and... Uh, after Daniel played, the temperature started bottoming out. <laughs> and we had a food truck come out. Everybody got fed. Andre was doing some art. He only brought two canvases. So I brought out some natural light boxes for him to paint on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, I think he sold every one of those things. That's awesome. So, to the artists? Uh, I think audience and artists. I'm not, yeah. sh- I'm not sure on that. I'd have to talk to Andre about yeah, it. That's cool. Uh, Moon Pie came on. He played one stage. Uh, he played one song and I walked up behind him on stage and I said, if you don't mind, unplug and we're going to bring it in the house. Cause at that time there was like, I don't know, 18, 20 people out in the yard. And mm-hmm. I was just looking at them and they're shivering. And I was like, we can have everyone inside. Let's just do that. Yeah. And so he came inside and at first it seemed like he was a little upset with me because he, I, he wanted to be mic'd up he wanted to play outside on the stage like everyone else had done it before sure yeah yeah and after a song or two he really got into it and it, it really came alive yeah. and uh it was great to hear moon pie and the thing that daniel told me about moon pie was you've never heard a person just take an everyday line that you say every day and like turn it into a hook in yeah. a song and i was like after hearing a couple songs i was like bump daniel uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> this, this dude is killer. Yeah. And then uh, Philip Savile uh, shut it down. We had the blues in my house. Awesome. And uh, he really brought it. Yeah, you got a really cool setup. I mean, anybody that's, that ever listens, they should definitely try to make it out when you do this in the spring you're talking about. That's right. Because it it's a really cool. I mean, you, just the way your your yard kind of folds down. You know, because I was sitting next to Jamie from Night Surf, Surf when they were getting ready and the band was setting up and all mm-hmm. that stuff. You know, we had a perfect spot, man. Because the way it's kind of set down like that, not like a normal amphitheater setup where it's set up, the yard just barely slopes down. Mm-hmm. But you still, everybody's looking straight up. So nobody's in front of each, you know, nobody's head's going to be stuck up where you can't see. That's right. You know, yeah. And even though they're up on a. A larger than normal porch. And not surf were certainly the loudest. And you know, like right when they do in their sound check and they would stop real quick and mm-hmm. you could just hear it back in the holler <laughs> yeah, behind us. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, echoing yeah. and yeah. booming. And I was like, Oh, this is exactly what I wanted to shut this thing down. Yeah. So I was so worried too. We were doing the GPS on the way out to, to your place. It took us right to it. I was, really? Because it was, used to not. Yeah, I was thinking, shit, we're, it's probably going to take us some back-ass road somewhere, and <laughs> Alan's going to be like right off the main road. But, I mean, it was right. Your your destination is on your right. And it's like, well, fuck, there it is. That's yeah. the Alan. And I, yeah, and I put balloons up on the mailbox. Yeah. I don't know how visible they were at night. But, uh, yeah. It's a funny story about that. We met some friends. Uh, we went down to Panama City. Uh, it was, I don't even think it was a spring break. I think we just made a trip. Yeah, me and a couple of friends of mine and uh, Dustin and Leslie they were uh, dating or engaged at that point point. Mm-hmm. and 
a couple of guys that we met from Louisiana and we spent the whole week with hanging out with, uh, they were from Louisiana. And, you know, they told Dustin, when you get married, if you invite us, we'll come. And he's bull crap. Well, yeah. they set the date to be married and they invited Drew. And Drew's like, well, where am I going to stay? And I was like, bring all the boys from Louisiana and y'all can just pile in with me. Mm-hmm. I got a spare bedroom and I got... I got mattresses. I got blow-up mattresses we can blow up and put in the living room. and It don't matter. Just come on. Yeah. And your dad's pretty chill. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Well, I mean, that, that, nobody was there at that time except okay. for me. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That's, that's just a setup right now. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, it put them way down the road. And I had to go find them. Get them. <laughs> and uh, that was kind of a nightmare. And that was when we realized, but GPS has come a long way. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that was almost 10 years ago now. But, yep. Uh, and I, I was really worried about that. That was like a lot of people that were messaging me about coming. And I was like, there's balloons in my mailbox. If you have any issue at all, my phone number is on the flyer. Call me. Yeah. And I will come get you if I have to. Because I was concerned about that. But you I, don't, know, I don't think anybody had any issues Saturday or Sunday. I don't yeah. think. Yeah, I mean, you've not GPSed it in a while. So I guess it's good for you to know that it works yeah, on the yeah, GPS. Works great, so, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you're there when you see the big A painted <laughs> on the back porch. <laughs> my, uh, my sister-in-law done that. Uh, yeah. That happened uh, while I was gone to Mobile. And when I come back, I step out and the porch is painted crimson and I just step out and I was like, huh, what a great, huge Alabama A. And you even got it right. You put the, you put the, uh, it doesn't look like the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. <laughs> you put the mullet on there. You got it right. <laughs> Come away with me in the night Come away with me and I will write you a song Come away with me on a bus Come away with me
Come away with me. Uh, this weekend was Bruzapalooza in Tuscaloosa, and Saturday I wasn't even able to make it out. Uh, it was at the back 40. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday I was able to make it out. I was at Avondale Brewing. And, uh, and I was supposed to be at this, but my week was just hell, and some things came up with family, so I was just like, I'm just not even going to try to chance it. Yeah. I just can't do it. Yeah, and I hated I was going to try to make it out on Sunday, but yeah. it just didn't happen. And, and spoke with Taylor, uh, I think, Thursday or Friday when uh, he was helping me uh, get everything set up because I was communicating with you and Taylor about like making sure that we had the passes and mm-hmm. everything that I would need. And uh, he asked about you, is, is he going to make it out? I was like, he's had a tough week. He's like, well, just tell him I said hello. Yeah. So, yeah, I got that text from you the other night. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, made it out uh, Sunday to Avondale Brewing, walked up to, uh, you know, the guest tent to pick up uh, credentials and met the guy that was actually putting on Bruzapalooza. Uh, super sp- hospitable guy. Shout out to Paul. Uh, took real good care of us. Uh, and that's set the, us up the, in- the Birmingham that's right. Group a lot is it the Alliance or something like that? Yeah, or, it's yeah. uh, you know, I'm still working on getting all the kinks out of the details, and I'm going, gonna go back up to Birmingham to sit down and talk with him about that because he made a very interesting statement, which is I totally understand. He was like, "We made this nonprofit, uh, Birmingham or Bruzapalooza." Yeah, Birmingham. But, yeah. yeah. And I've, I've got to get all those kinks out. But uh, a fucking brilliant play on words, too, by the way. Yeah, it really Props is. to them for that. And he, he made a thing about it. He's like, well, right now, with all the brewing venues and the breweries in Birmingham, it's a bit political because they lost so much over the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and they're not really trying to work together, but we want them to work together. But, you know, they're trying to do their own thing, which is something I totally understand because they're trying to make their dollars back. Sure, yeah. And he was like, it's it's like pulling teeth to get these guys to really come together and work together. Wow. Yeah. That's sad. It is. But, I mean, you're definitely part of the game. And I think, like. There's such a good culture, a good, good craft beer culture yeah. in Birmingham right yeah, now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Just, I mean, you got Ghost, you know, Ghost Train. You got you, you, Avondale. You've also got a whole lot of, um, you got a lot of businesses just trying to make it. You know what I mean? Right. So. And so, I mean, just talking with uh with him a little bit about that and I told him and I have no idea I think I was like well I believe with the first year of the inaugural one being a success and as we continue to get back to going back to normal as it seems I was like maybe uh, you know they'll recover completely and they'll definitely be able to put their rivalries or whatever that is aside and uh, we can have you know an even better time next year yeah yeah, but you had a pretty killer time. It sounds I like, cannot and, complain. And like top of the line freaking digs to sit in because I saw that picture on your Instagram. Yeah, so they they put us like the green room that I was familiar with is like it's not backstage or side stage. It's actually like back in the brewing rooms. Mm-hmm. Like if you were standing on stage, it's the building that you would be looking at. Yeah, and that's where I've recorded when I recorded at Avondale in the past was in that building, and. I was like, hey, I'm Alan. He's like, oh, I got your credentials. Uh, you know, he's pointing and telling me where everything is. And he was like, do you, need any, do you, know, do you know where you're going to set up? I was like, yeah, I'm going to be back there in that building. He says, no, you're not. Come here. 
<laughs> and he shows me like the gr- the green room or it's like the backstage room which is just off to the side of the stage i was like oh this is sweet and so like even in there and this is another thing about the way this was set up i did not miss one act yeah that's cool and the way did you get to see him side stage too side stage mostly yeah, that's awesome mostly and when the blips and when dexatines i went out stood front stage sure but with everything else is like I was uh, catching the bands as they come off stage right there at the side of the stage. And I was like, hey, I'm Alan. I got my podcast set up in here. If you can give me 15 minutes between sets so you don't miss nothing, I don't miss nothing. That's all I need. Yeah. And we continue to do that over and over again. I practically covered the entire festival, which I didn't have the Suburban Love Junkies or cattle. I'm going to make that up to you. Uh if you want to make that trip up there with me sometime, whenever we set that up, we'll, we're definitely going to do it. I would need some help with that. Uh, yeah, it was the first time seeing either of those bands. Yeah, because I go, I go back with the cattle stuff and suburban love junkies to when Indies Only was first. Yeah, on Z one hundred point five in Birmingham. So yeah, and uh, I didn't get any uh, original or original. I didn't get any members from the Blips, but I've had four out of five. Of them <laughs> yeah, all. you're good. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't know the Blips by now, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not my fault. Then you better go on back into the uh, the and Porch Talk uh, catalog. catalog. That's it. Yeah. And Chris McCauley, he's coming on soon, and that's the last member I have to get. Uh, and we spoke uh, Sunday. Yeah. And so. And then uh, did not you did pin down Matt Patton. I had Matt Patton on the show. Yeah. And a future date with him. So it's going to be over the holidays. So we'll have Thanksgiving Thursday, Black Friday. And I was going to reach out to Matt, probably go up there Saturday or Sunday of that weekend to hang out all day at Dalbeck and to sit down with Bronson. Because they've got so much going on right now in Dalbeck. He was sharing with me that they're upgrading the studio. That's uh. That's a trip I, I think I'm going to make, yeah. for sure. So That's not one I'm going to like worry about drinking too much the night before and being like, I don't know if I can handle a two-and-a-half-hour ride. You know? <laughs> I'm going to be like, okay, yeah, I got to go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm down. I'm down, dude. But I did have him for 15 minutes, okay. and that was to represent the Dexatines. And so, That's uh, awesome. I, had, I did have Vincus. I mm-hmm. had them on that episode drop today. This is a Tuesday. Uh, results of Adults. Mm-hmm. Had them. Were they uh, cool? I've never heard of them before. Oh, they were so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's a fun episode, too. Right uh, we had... Uh, just wrapping everything in my brain here. Dree Lear. Dree Lear. Had Dree Lear. Uh, Jake Waitsman. Jocko. He didn't play that night. Yeah. But I reached out to him. I was like, hey, buddy, I'm going to be in Birmingham. I was like, come to the festival. He's like, I was already making plans. Now I'll definitely be there. Because I was like, I want to catch up with you because he's getting ready to drop his new album. Oh, and awesome. uh, he's yeah. already sent it over to me and really enjoyed it. I think it's his best work yet. Uh, cool. So excited about that. And he shared with me he's trying to uh, – his plans are to put together a full band so that he can play it out a little bit. But, like, with the music that he's doing, you know, Les Newby is, like, ripping it on lead for him. And yeah. Jaco's a drummer. But yeah. I, I've, I've been enjoying his songwriting. Sure. And yeah. so – Yeah, I got uh, the copy of the first two records. Yeah. Courtesy of him from, through you. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, I mean I, I enjoy them both. I still listen mm-hmm. to both of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who else did I have on? I'm missing somebody. Let me just pull up the lineup so that I will know. GT, I had GT. Awesome. 
those dudes, like, I don't, I don't think I was expecting what I got when I heard, when I, because I played them on Indies Only before, and I don't think I really expected what I got. Well, I'm going to tell you everything about that Sunday lineup, and like I said, I caught every show. It kicked a lot of ass. Yeah. <laughs> and like, they, they, nobody that I day hate, was. I missed it, man. Nobody, and I'm not rubbing in your face, nobody that day was a slouch. Oh, sure. I, I did not doubt it a minute in my mind, for sure. And I hate it because, like, I don't think we would have had cattle if it weren't for, uh, and I hate he couldn't make it, but, like, when Brad told Taylor that he wasn't going to be able to make it from New York, that's when cattle got involved. Oh, yeah? So I don't think that cattle would have played that. Because I think, I think the, yeah, cattle's been retired for a long time. And, and if you're looking for it, everybody listening, if you're looking for it, it's C-A-D-D-L-E. That's right. Um. And, but I remember when we were talking about Bruiser Palooza, that was a band that you were. Oh yeah, because I remember about. back in the first um, edition of Indies Only, back in the the mid two thousands, I played the shit out of Cattle. Saw them at the Nick. I mean, great smoking ass live show. Um, and that was with their current guitar player, who is also a member of the Suburban Love Junkies. But like the record I had didn't have him on it, so it's different from what you can get when you listen to all of yeah. their different Spotify's and things like that. But man, that band just something about that cow punk thing. Um, there was another band that I was listening to at the time called Custom Made Scare. Um, greatest show on earth, I think, was their record. Why and how I remember that shit and don't remember <laughs> what I ate for lunch yesterday is crazy to me. But like I was into this whole cow punk thing for a while. So cattle came along right at that perfect moment in my life. And I was just like, Oh my God. Just I love these guys. Yeah. 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 So it would have been cool to yeah. see them live and then to meet them as well, you know, and tell them, Hey, I'm the monk that used to play your stuff. Cause I used to communicate with one of the guys through email yeah. and stuff. So oh, yeah. and dude, like, uh, I'll and with Vincus and GT and, uh, I think I had, I had full band for Dre Lear. And I had Matt Patton for Dexatines. So most of the time I didn't have, like, I didn't have all of Vincus. I had two of the four. You got Matt Matt Patton for the Dexatines, for Drive-By Truckers, for Jimbo Mathis, for blah, 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 for blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. So yeah, bands, was, you know? yeah. 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 That, and we talked about a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, and I was real brief synopsis, you know, 15 sure. minutes. Uh, I had never seen the Dexatines live. Smoking fucking band, dude. They are, they are, I saw them, I've seen them at, at uh, the the Bama Theater in Tuscaloosa. I've seen them at City Stages. Um, those guys, they are the most well held together. They're, they're the tightest loose band I've ever heard in my life. Does that make sense? <laughs> in some weird way it does. Yeah. Because yeah. after seeing them, I know exactly what you yeah, mean. Yeah, they are the tightest loose band I've ever seen. And just every time I've ever seen them, it's just I walk away going, damn. How many times do you think you've seen them? And how many different iteration? At least four. Um, I have seen them with Matt Patton. I've seen them with Lee Baines. Um, I've seen them <coughs> probably with Sweet Dog. I'm not real sure about that. Um, yeah, I, that shit. I maybe three, but I've seen them. I think four times. I saw them. I want to say I saw them at the. I saw them at. Um, Oh, what was the venue that uh, closed down in Birmingham that went on to start? Um, Bottle Tree? Bottle Tree. Saw him at Bottle Tree. And then, shit, I think I saw him at the Chucker. 
I, that's kind of hazy. <laughs> that's the way every, not not the chucker, um, the uh, Egan's. Okay. That's- but yeah, the Egan's, like, that's the way any kind of chucker Tuscaloosa story or Egan's Tuscaloosa story goes. It's a little bit hazy. I think I saw them there, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think it was a good time. Yeah, it was definitely a good time, man. <laughs> yes, definitely. But yeah, uh, I, you know, I was, uh, Taylor got pulled up on stage uh, toward the end of their yeah, set. Yeah, because he was one of the many guitar players for them. Yeah. And it, you know, I didn't think about it, and it, it was great to see that because of you know they had John Smith just tearing it up, mm-hmm. and I was standing by Taylor, and when they first started, and he pointed it out, he said, "That's John Smith. That's probably the greatest guitar player I know." Mm-hmm. And I was like, for that to come from his mouth, yeah, Taylor Hollingsworth's pretty un- amazing on guitar. Well, and yeah. not alone that is like he's pretty. He knows quite a few people. Sure, he's and he's played with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, this must be the real deal. So I spent a lot of time watching John. And I was like, there's no lie. <laughs> yeah, uh, respect. I mean that whole band, man. Oh yeah. Um, and what they've done history wise. I mean, you think about like I just mentioned all the people that have come from that band. Oh my, yeah. I mean you. You got Matt Patton, uh, you got Lee Baines. Uh, both of those guys would go on the and, and drive by. Yep. Uh, Taylor. No, no. Lee Baines went on to Lee Baines the Third and the Glory Fire. Okay, okay. Yeah. For whatever reason, I thought yeah, it, just Matt Patton went to the to drive by truckers. Now, who else? Like those. Oh, I'm thinking about Isbel. Isbel used to be a drive by trucker. He did. He did. And, they uh, kicked him out for being too drunk. Too drunk. And look at him now, sober and fucking millionaire. <laughs> multi-millionaire mm-hmm. you know works, anyway it yeah. works out yeah I mean just to think about where the Dexteens came from oh, you know yeah. just a yeah. band that formed in Tuscaloosa a mm-hmm. bunch of folks you know he grabbed some people Elliot from Birmingham McPherson. yeah Elliot McPherson is is a damn genius in my a book you know um, just his his forethought and his mind I mean as far as the music's concerned it is all over the place but it's some of the greatest southern rock you know, because a lot of people, I think, tend to put in the Allman Brothers Band and Leonard Skinner and all these people in the Southern Rock, but there are a lot of bands like the Dexatines out there just fucking killing it. You know, it was you playing know? in the back on the back screen of Avondale that night they were playing. Nineteen eighty-two NASCAR. <laughs> While the Dexatines played Daytona Beach. Yeah, you got like Dale Earnhardt and all those cats racing. That seems pretty awesome. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, I got I got a lot of respect for for Elliot McPherson. And and all the guys that have ever been in the Dexatines and what they've accomplished because I've got all but one of the records um, over there. I've got to start it if I can collection. find them and get in your hands on them because I know like the last thing that uh, Oz Music got from the Dexatines and I think it was like maybe a re-release is I called up there to see if they had. It's it like no, it's already gone. What was it? Uh, like one, one, of one of the latest things that they put out. Yeah, because like Teenage Hallelujah, <clears throat> I think is a fantastic fucking record. Um, I actually interviewed Elliot for Okra Magazine when I was writing for them and uh, talked a lot. It's got a song on there just basically dissing Kid Rock for when he did that, um, what was that All Summer Long song? And he oh, used, um, yeah. Sweet he used Home. Warren Zevon and, and Sweet Home Alabama and stuff. And, um, you know, every Alabama redneck's got the fame, the, the same favorite song. You know, they just love that lyric, you know. Just listening to that record is just absolutely brilliant. Um, so, you know, uh, anybody out there that has not heard of the Dexatines, delve into that shit. It's all on Spotify. You know, if you're listening yeah. to this podcast on Spotify, just roll over for a little bit after you're done and yeah. check it out. And you won't have to, cause for the Matt Patton episode, I'll be playing a Dexatine song. Uh, 
What awesome! I mean, you already named your favorite song, but like any other suggestions that would be a good introduction to the Dexterines that you would? Oh my gosh, um, Neil Armstrong, probably one of my favorite songs from them. It's on a, a record prior to that one. Um, uh, what is it at the? Is it? Oh, how can I? How can I whoop it? What the fuck is the song called? <laughs> oh, corn. Uh, hold on, let me just get to the Dexterines. Damn, I'm like trying to call out names that I don't know because I've been like four beers in now. Um, Naked Ground, Maker's Mound, two great songs. Um, Neil Armstrong, definitely. And then when you're rolling into the single wide record, the song Down Low and Caption phenomenal tracks um rolling back over into the let's see what's the damn song i'm trying to think of here it's like can i can i whoop it is what the hell is it called can i whoop it that's a great song <laughs> can i whoop it that sounds like this it sounds kind of funny yeah like uh yeah but just back to the festival just for a second i know uh he probably don't give a damn about it but uh Man, I think Taylor did a phenomenal job of uh, putting that lineup together. Oh, most definitely. And back to that is like, uh, well, I met, well, I met Matt through you, I guess, through booking Jimbo at the mm-hmm. Art Council. But I think about like a lot of the musicians and a lot of the people that I've met over the past two years. Uh, I don't know if it would have happened if it wasn't called if it wasn't for Taylor. Yeah. So I'm I'm incredibly grateful for uh, mine and Taylor's friendship, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I believe for Bruza Palooza to take a chance on porch talk, uh, coming in and setting up, uh, I believe that he probably did vouch for us. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, Taylor's got that amount of respect in and around the Birmingham music community. Yeah. Um, that if Taylor Hollingsworth says, yeah, I mean, I think you should, this, these, these guys will be cool. They're like, Oh hell yeah. Okay, cool. You know, he co-signed on you, you know? Yeah. That's a cool thing. It really is. Very cool thing. Yeah. And, uh, it was the first time that I'd seen him. I didn't make a show here at the Arts Council, and uh, you and him both called me out on that. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> happy about it. Uh, I had yeah. to I had to help Dad out on the errand. Gotcha. And uh, I wasn't I was upset about that, and I wanted to come up and uh, you know catch him uh, while he was setting his art up or when he was taking it down. Yep, for third Saturday. That didn't that didn't happen. Yep. So uh, this is the first time I got to. Put my eyeballs on them in a while. And, yeah. Uh, it's always a good time. Got to see the Blips. Uh, they put on a hell of a show. They played some new tracks. It's always great to see Eric, Chris, uh, caught up with Wes. Mm-hmm. Got to mess with him a little, about his wrist a little bit. Yeah. I like Wes and, a lot, uh, man. I like Wes's solo stuff. Yeah. Wes McDonald. Check that I, stuff out if you get a or chance. Or Terry Holmes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Terry Holmes as well. Yeah. And got to catch up with my good buddy, Will Stewart. So. Yeah. It's good to see him. Ham Bagby was there. Ah. Big old tall ham. Yeah. I love me some ham. Yeah. Hey, you know, ham got on to me one time. He, he, um, and I don't, I think we're He's going to come on the show. So I'm going to make a trip up to, and I'll probably cater like that Birmingham trip to catch ham. Uh, the guys from Love Junk. Uh, Suburban, Suburban Love Junkies, yeah. And cattle. cattle. And try to just work a whole, maybe a four hour day in Birmingham and bring it circuit. back. Yeah. Well, ham, I'm going to tell you a story about ham. Then you can ask him about it when you talk to him. There's one time. Um, Lee Baines III and the Glory Fires were playing at Egan's. Oh, gosh. Was, yeah, was it? yeah, it was Lee Baines. And so, um, guitar player for the Blips. Um, uh, Eric? Eric. So, Eric was the guitar player for Lee Baines III at that time. Uh-huh. So, 
like Lee is like he he will play, and then when he's into the part where Eric's playing his solo, he'll come. And my friend Josh Iyer and I were standing on the very front, and Egan's is completely packed. Mm-hmm. So Josh Iyer and I are standing on the front, and so Lee comes and he'll turn around and just bump into the crowd, and then get back up and play, and then bump back into the crowd. So the crowd kind of started shifting. Well, there were two females behind Josh and I that every time we would go into them, they would push us back into oh, Lee gosh. to the point of where I fell forward one time and kicked one of his um, pedals and knocked it over. One of Eric's? No, one of uh, Lee's pedals. Oh. So I grabbed the pedal and moved back over. He goes, don't worry about it. It's all right. you know, And he's playing and jamming out. But then when it was over, we go to the bar and Ham's at the bar and Ham's like, you know, you guys shouldn't have been started. Uh, shouldn't have been trying to start a mosh pit in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> this is Egan's. What? We weren't trying to start a mosh pit. He didn't and, know and the whole story. But if he you just, don't know, like Egan's is a dive bar. That's like what match yeah, capacity. It's not 40 Egan's people. anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something else now. I don't even want to call it out. But but yeah. It's, but I don't think he could see. He just saw my big tall ass standing in the front, you know, causing some disturbance up there. So Ham was like, y'all need to not be doing that. (laughs) Uh, Fun fact, and I'm going to see if uh, he'll confirm it for me when we meet. And so I may be talking out of my ass, but something interesting about him is I believe he knows how to play the entire Dexting catalog. Maybe so. I know. So Matt Patton originally started out in a band called um, model citizen. Mm-hmm. So I really like model citizen. When I saw model citizen on the Bama bell, we did a bruise cruise with them. Yeah. You got that dope picture. Cruise. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm like, yeah, I'm hanging out. And ham is like, if you see the extra guitar off to the side to the it's ham. left of the picture, it's ham. Yeah. Ham was up there playing with him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm sure that he probably does all of that stuff back in those days, you know, um, back in the early 2000s and stuff when the Dexatines and, and all that was popping off. Yeah. I'm sure he probably knows all of that stuff. Quick break. Ham is a really c- cool dude. Oh, yeah. For, you know, I, I, I went and met him. Uh, him and Janet Simpson shared uh, a night at Druid City Brewing. Mm. And, of course, I went for Janet to support yeah. her. And, I mean, meeting Ham and seeing Ham play, I mean, that was... Yeah, he's got some really cool serious shit, but he's got some cool funny shit, too. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah. His, his funny stuff yeah, is awesome. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, break. Yep.
righteous do justify Selling a holy land for a piece of the pie What would the world they do? Pay for it all Back from the break. The break. The break of breaks. Uh, That's so, the breaks. That's an old breakdancing song from the 80s. There we go. I uh, wanted to share uh, the Munson Brothers commercial <laughs> story with you. Is uh, So I don't, I don't know if it's out in the open yet. I'm sure it will be by the time this is out. But uh, Munson Brothers won Best Small Business. In the oh, area, in awesome! The, in the area, and uh, to celebrate that, and just to have a good time with all the employees, he decided that he was going to make an '80s theme commercial, like it was like the sitcom intro, like a, you know, yeah. And I think it got knocked out of the park. If you haven't seen that yet, you can check the Porch Talk uh, Facebook page. You can go to Munson Brothers. You can go to my personal. Uh, it's even on the Instagram. You can check it out there. I'll throw it up on the Twitter tonight if I think about it, but. Uh, Joshua Cosby wrote the music for it. Dylan Scott directed it. And I get a phone call the day of because I'd already agreed. I worked through lunch that day so I could make it. Yeah. And uh, Ryan calls me at about 3 o'clock that day. He says, uh, you're going to be in the commercial, right? I said, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Yeah, I want to be a part of this. He said, okay, hear me out. I want you to uh, just be sitting at the bar. And right when you pan and look around, you realize you're on camera. You take a sip of your beer and then pour the rest of it on your head. And then you either <laughs> then you either just go into like a macho man Randy Savage and just really just own it. Or you just kind of just look so surprised that you did that to yourself. And I was like, what if I did both? Yeah. And it, are you serious? You'll, you'll do this? I am not. I am not the one to say no to this. I am definitely not the one to say no to this. And uh, Dylan Scott done such a wonderful job. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, everyone's part on that. And like when yeah, I saw the finished is. product, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" It's fantastical. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think and the, the theme song is amazing yeah. as well. Did it you, was stuck in my. I was. I like. I didn't memorize every word, but after I watched it like eight times the other day, I was whistling it. And that's the thing. That's the thing about it is like I saw it happening. You know, I was there for the recording of it, and I, I knew what everything was going to look like. But 
when it dropped, I watched it like eight times straight. Oh, yeah. this is so good. Yeah, it is. It's fantastic. Yeah, so shout yeah. out Munson Brothers, uh, Joshua Cosby, Dylan Scott. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be on TV. Uh, it's going to be local to here. I'm sure you can go to the WCBI webpage, and you can probably find it there uh, if you're not local. But um, check it out. <laughs> All right, moving Bang on job. is – Indies only. What is what's what's been going on with Indies only, man? Um, I mean, same old, same old on Indies only. Um, just so much new music. Um, I think the main issue that I get into with doing a show—it's a three-hour show every Saturday night on Alt One Hundred One Seven between nine and midnight. The problem I run into is that I have music that I play one week, so when I get ready to start a new week. I've got to include that. I mean, I've only got a certain amount of songs that I can play. Right. And like, this is the time of year when all this new shit's coming out, man. And it's so hard to get to everything. So I think what I pick for the actual show for, you know, let's say 99.8% of it is top of the line fucking indie music. Um, so it's an exciting time of year and everybody's trying to get that cram in because there's a point for about three weeks through the holidays, um, Christmas holidays that the record label shut down and mm-hmm. there's no reporting to any kind of charts or anything like that. So that's the time when I get to play kind of catch up and that's when I'll do my best of 2021. You Are know? you going to do another women, all women episode? Or? Uh, I'm going to try to. I, last year I thought I had an extra week before the record labels came back and I didn't so I wasn't able to do that last year I did it in 2019 but I will definitely that was a killer episode yeah too. yeah yeah the best uh, the best of the female fronted indies only mm-hmm. so it's all female vocalists right on so yeah yeah I'm looking forward to doing that again for sure and I'll, I'll tell you this is like a huge white pill huge dose of optimism is like uh, I got so used to 2020 and just things everything being shut down and everything moving so slow now that everything is picking back up and like i've got bands and singer songwriters and authors and small businesses reaching out to be on the show it's like yes to all of you but i was like holy cow this (laughs) things are beginning to move so fast it's like i almost forgot what the real world was like sure it's, it's it's beginning to be it's like I'm gonna to have to pick up my pace too. Yeah, everybody's essentially had a year off. Yeah, from from doing what they do. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, we went to work and stuff like that, but it's been kind of a dumbed down version of what we used to do. You know, so now it's the same thing with bands. It's been a lot of home recordings and a lot of uh, you know, Instagram videos and Facebook videos. And you know, like uh, with some of the Facebook or Instagram things and like people playing on their porch. Uh, was that cool at the time? Yeah. Am I glad it's dying? Yeah. Because uh, it's good to be able to go back out to a live venue. That, that's uh, doing Porch Fest at my house. It was a huge deal for me personally. It's like yeah. to be able to put that on, uh, to be able to go to Saturn, to experience that festival, to be able to be at Bruiserpalooza this past weekend. Huge deal to me. And it's just good to be back out and around live music because when I was thinking about live music, even at the Sunstroke House, even in like a listening room, it's like, Am I done? Am I am I throwing in the towel with like going back and listening and diving back deep into trying to get through all these shows? And the answer is no, I'm not done. Yeah. 
it's like a fire being lit back up. And, and now with everything kicking back sure. up, it's like you got to pick your battle once again. It's like who are you going to see and on that night? Yeah. And if you can cram it in, can you get to two venues in one night? And I'm glad that these things are popping back up. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool because I, I mean, I've been to a few smaller concerts, but my wife and I went to see um, her favorite band, Camp. Which oh is yeah, fantastic! That's something me and Sheila got in common. I yeah, love Camp. I mean, a fantastic live band, man. And Molly Tuttle opened up the show. Props to her because she was pretty great as well. But um, it was just really cool. And and out at Avondale, too, where you were for Bruza Palooza this weekend, it's such a great venue because it's outside and you can spread out. That's you right. know, it's never too very packed. I mean, even when I went to see Dropkick Murphys and Clutch there, um, they were crammed up against the stage, but you had plenty enough room to walk around out there in that little kind of field or whatever. So it was very good to get back to seeing some live music. I look forward to doing more of it, but I'm still a little bit paranoid as well. Um, because I do have an elderly mother mm-hmm. who, um, you know, she can't handle the the, uh, the COVID, so right I can't on. bring it back to the house, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and we've touched on this every time we get together, but just to remind people is, like, uh, you do do the booking for the Columbus Art Council, uh, mm-hmm. not only with the artists, but you do book for the Nova uh, music. Yeah, for the musicians. And I want to plug uh, a little bit. I know it's maybe a little bit out, but you're starting up a new thing that's going to happen in the basement. Yes, we're, it's just kind of, um, I've talked to a few bands at this point. Um, We want to start doing, because what the Columbus Arts Council does right now, we are a, an art gallery on the main floor. We've got an 85 seat theater upstairs that is more kind of geared, I think. Um, I mean, we did good with shows like you know Jimbo Mathis coming there and Watermelon Slim kind of rocking out. But I think it's more made for a, a more acoustic setting, uh, more low key setting, not as loud. But I, I, you know, that doesn't open up a, a venue for some of these local rock bands and alternative bands and punk bands. Um, you know, I mean, when I when I had this idea, the first thing that came to mind was to do. Um, I was. Um, hanging out with my friend Darren who was in a band called Quiet Calm over in West Point um, they have since broke up R.I.P. and kind of uh, reforming in a sense I mean Darren had an injury recently that has put him way back um, and lucky to be alive honestly and so I was going to do this kind of Golden Triangle thing and for those of you who don't know Golden Triangle is Columbus, Mississippi Starkville, Mississippi and West Point West Point and so I was going to get a band from each area. So I kind of got the idea thinking about Hartle Road and Night Surf. Yeah. And then I was going to include Quiet Calm in that and do kind of a basement show. Um, we've got a, a big open room down in our basement, um, concrete floors. Um, I think it would be a great setup for an all-ages show. And growing up here in Columbus, I can remember, and this was back in the, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, there wasn't anything for us to do here. And there has been an influx of of methamphetamine and cocaine and into this city um, with our older people, but with our youth as well. And I think that's because of a lack of things to do for people that age. Uh, so yeah, if yeah. we could find a way, and this is the first thing I was thinking when I talked with, uh, with Max and Toby from Hartle Road, I was like, we need to do an all-ages show. And I, I believe that like Harder Road do a bunch of them. You Har- know? Harder Road is the, the perfect band, and I think Night Surf is good uh, as well. They're great, but the thing about Harder Road is it's a very attractive band because they're very uh, involved at the W. 
And so, like, whenever yeah. we have Hartle Road. And Max is a student. Yeah. When we, whenever we have Hartle Road at Munson Brothers, the W's going to show up. Yeah. Uh, you know, it might be 20, it might be 30, but I was like, they have that on lock. Mm-hmm. And on top of, I mean, they're, you know, they've toured America. They've done the yeah, thing. Yeah. They're known uh, in some regard. And so, not surf, same thing as like, I got a huge respect for that. And that's really why I asked not surf to come out to my house and play. It's like, where are these punk alternative type bands going to play? Where, yeah. where can they get loud? Where can they get proud? Because. I don't. I don't know if not surf besides Expression Fest. I. I don't know where they if they played in Starkville in their own hometown. Yeah. There's not a venue for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean the, the 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 doldrums. Is that the right word? The doldrums of of being a band in a college town. I mean, if you don't know only cover songs, there's not going to be a whole lot of people yeah. really going to follow you around <laughs> in a college town. I mean, I experienced that working in Tuscaloosa for so many years, that's you know, right, yeah. that's just we had some bigger venues, but for the most part, you go out on a Saturday night, you're going to hear some, you're going to have to hear somebody do fucking sweet home, Alabama, nothing against the song, but I hate it. I don't ever care if I ever hear it again, because I heard on many different occasions working at an alternative station in Tuscaloosa, we'd have bands come in. Sister Hazel did it. Tonic did it. Both did sweet home Alabama when they came play Tuscaloosa. And it's like, Oh my God, <laughs> I want to hear your record. I understand why you're doing it, you know, but no. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, shout, that's out, just... shout out to the Dexter teams once again for that then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did, what they did it. No, 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 oh, no. Oh, it's oh. just going back to the story you told about, you know, their diss toward Kid Rock. Oh, yes, yes. You know? yes. It's, it's kind of that thing. Uh, and I, I think about Starble is uh, not, uh, not not Surf. Groove Johnson, uh, I haven't been a part of it, but uh, they've they've torn the scene up maybe at the fountain in the Cotton District or Two Brothers. It was after a Mississippi State ball game. Of course, people's going to be out. And Groove Johnson is just something dope to hear while you're drinking after a ball game. Sure. You're yeah, going yeah, yeah. to move your body. And uh, so, I mean, they had a great outpouring. And so, like, I think you're completely right. And I think that was Jamie's joke on social media. is like, I'm starting a cover band. Yeah. Just so I can play in my own downtown. Yeah. <laughs> I never saw that post. So my opinion well, he, he was didn't was, add that. He didn't add that second part, but that's just what. Yeah. I mean, my, my opinion was based solely on what I've seen from living in Tuscaloosa for so long. Yeah.
watched it too when i when i first got to tuscaloosa there was um there was egan's was still there um the chucker was still there which is a freaking you know it should have been a national historic landmark but they tore it down to build government plaza but i mean you know you had venues in tuscaloosa the booth was a big one um for bands um you had the jupiter who was a big band did supported original music and just slowly over time that kind of faded out and died off, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of it comes from, and it's really weird, and I'm going to remember this, but at one point, Playboy magazine put out a list of the top college party towns, and Tuscaloosa made number two on the list. It was number one or number two? It was number one at one time. And at that point, like from that point on for the next year, bars in Tuscaloosa started getting shut down. by the Somehow, they got squeezed out of their locations, and they died. You know, and that because they did not want Tuscaloosa to be known as a party town because nobody's going to come to that college if they know their kids are going to go out and just party all the time. So somehow, some way, some powers that be shut all that shit down. So that's when places like the Chucker went away. Um, And then there was not that avenue for the Reverend Horton Heat or Hank Williams III or uh, um, whatever random band, uh, P. Lander Z, to come and play Tuscaloosa anymore. Yeah. You know, and you look at the history of a place like the Chucker too. I mean, Jimi Hendrix played the Chucker. The Allman Brothers, before they were the Allman Brothers and still known as the Allman Joys, played the Chucker. If you watch Gimme Shelter, the movie about the Rolling Stones, Keith Richards is playing pool in the Chucker. When REM played, I think they played some big venue, uh, maybe Coleman Coliseum or something. Michael Stipe invited everybody back to the Chucker for cookies and milk. You know, I mean, this was a freaking classic place. And it just kind of, that all that whole scene died. So that was a long story just to kind of show that I I'll know my history. And, <laughs> and I'll say this about Bo Hicks. is like, I think Bo Hicks has encapsulated that culture with Druid City. Most definitely. A hundred percent. The things that he does. Because he used to work at Egan's. He went to the Chucker all the time. He knows those places. He knows what Tuscaloosa used to be and how the cool scene, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that and we, I cannot wait till we get into the new Druid City Brewing. It's going to be. That's bigger. going to be fantastic. Be bigger, man. better. It's going to be dope. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I think this conversation lends itself is like you know, if you're unfamiliar, if you're not from Alabama, uh, there's a reason I ain't never left that state. Uh, I believe it's the greatest state in the union. Uh, you think about multiple shows, you go back to Rolling Stones once again. Uh, they've recorded there. If he was playing pool in Tuscaloosa. Dylan, Joni Mitchell. I mean, shit, the list is endless of people who who have yeah. recorded in Muscle Shoals. Uh, we got Talladega. I don't care if you're in the NASCAR. If you ever get a chance to experience it, you should. There's nothing like the sound of those race cars. You cannot hear that on television. Days of Thunder, the, that is exactly a good name for the, a racing movie. The <laughs> smell that you get when they crank those engines up like they cr- they fire up their engines mm-hmm. and then like literally a minute later you get this smell and it smells I, I can't describe how it smells it smells so good to me <laughs> I worked at Talladega for five years so yeah. um, in Ovi Hill South 
South Tower. So, I've, yeah, I love it. You think about Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And I the mean, beer scene that's happening in, in Birmingham and Huntsville. And right not now. only that, I would say, and like Eric, he was like, uh, keep it hush-hush, but I would say that it is the mecca when it comes to music in Alabama. There is so much going on in Birmingham right now. Think about like St. Paul and the Broken Bones oh, yeah. and some of these bands that are beginning to break out. Uh, Early James and the latest. I've, I could keep naming them. Bands that got their start there. <laughs> Lee Baines the Third and the Glorifiers, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, there's a ton of bands that have come out of Birmingham that have made uh, something. And so, Alab- well, Alabama Shakes was not and, from And that was Birmingham, one thing but, that I was, you know, telling some of the bands is, you know, they were asking about the show a little bit before we got rolling and the red button was on and things got real. It's like, tell me a little bit about the show. It's like, I'm trying to capture this scene because I believe it's the greatest thing in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, move on to Huntsville. we got NASA. I don't know if you've ever spent any time, but they've got a great music scene there, too. they got a great beer scene there, too. Yeah, fantastic beer you scene. You take it down to Mobile. you got Callahan's. you got all the listening room. you got uh, the music box. you got A. Partridge. Sager Theater. you got the Red Clay Strays. you got uh, Red and the Revelers. Um, there's a lot of great music in Mobile. And so there's a lot of great things happening You did say Alabama. Abe, didn't you? Oh, it was the first thing okay, I said. Okay, okay. <laughs> there you go. Eric Erdman. Yeah. Uh, who is phenomenal. Uh, if you've never checked out Unhand the Monster, uh, that's a great podcast that uh, covered. That's Ross Newell introduced me to that. Um, Mulligan Brothers. Uh, there's a lot of great things in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, we've got arguably one of the most beautiful beaches in the South, Gulf Shores. Yep. Uh, Plus there's Fairhope, which is one of the most charming communities I've ever seen. Yeah. The guy I graduated high school with just moved there. Loves it. Yeah, yeah. Begged me to come down there. I was like, I'm not moving back to the coast. No, I'm done. I almost did, but glad I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair so, I mean, just – we're more than college football. It's more than a road no, tide. No, but we or, do have the college football now. Come yeah, on. I mean, we do have the road tide and the war eagle. Yeah, we do. You know, they retired that war eagle Saturday. What was her, what was her name? Do you remember? Was it Freedom? Oh, shit, I don't remember. Our spirit. That thing – Spirit. spirit, yeah, yeah. The spirit was was twenty five years old, or is twenty five years old. The thing's still alive, but um, has flown for nineteen seasons. So now, what? I, my question I never got answered when I was watching all the football the other day. Are they not going to do that at all ever again? I don't know if is they're that gonna, over. You know, it was the or same they just thing. Get a new eagle. It was the same thing that happened at Mississippi State years ago. That I think I don't know if they'll bring it back because it's been like seventeen Peter bullies. Was, what? Yeah, yeah Peter was doing their. Thing. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I think they should. My dad has been to Jordan Hare three times in his life, and he's he told me if you ever get a chance and you don't catch that damn bird flying in, he's, <laughs> you did it completely wrong. Yeah, he's like there is nothing cooler than that. Yeah, that seems kind of cool. It ain't like like what Oklahoma or whoever that rides the damn horse rides Florida out. Florida State stabs some Seminole. shit into the. That's the Florida yeah. Florida State yeah, Seminoles. That, oh no, that's the worst football ever in my life. I'm going to go ahead and say this. I, even if they're playing the Crimson Tide, I cannot stand to watch a Florida Seminoles game in their home stadium because I hear, whoa, the whole fucking game. I mean, lay off of it, folks. We don't go, roll tide, roll tide, roll tide the whole fucking time. People think we do, though. Yes, but we don't. <laughs> oh, remember that ESPN, remember that ESPN God, commercial? So annoying. Was the Alabama commercial? Oh, oh, you know, yeah. The guy got up. guy got pulled over by the state trooper. Yeah. Rotad, Rotad. Yeah, and then the 
kids. Roll Tide, Miss Ann. Roll Tide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it kind of is like that, but it's not. <sighs> yes, I mean, but you can watch it. I don't even like watching it on TV, let alone going to a game there. Yeah, because that's all you hear is that war cry. I don't go to Davis Wade without earbuds. I find the cowbell to be worse, and I'm not dissing any of my state friends. But <laughs> well, the, the clangaranga, like after about a quarter of it, is like I'm it, gonna I'm gonna be deaf. It is excessive. I will admit that. And I I am a Mississippi State. Fa- I'm an Alabama fan, I'm but f- I support Mississippi State unless same, they're playing Alabama. Same, same. And I used to go to a lot of Mississippi State games. Once you're in and amongst it. It's not as annoying. As, it just becomes just a ring. It, you don't hear like each individual. I, one. I worry. I worry about. Yeah. I got. I got. Yeah. I got sensitive. But it is excessive. Too. I think there could be a lot less of it. You know what was silly? You don't to have me? to do it after every fucking play. So like friends of mine that went to the state game when they played Kentucky this season, it's like Kentucky thought they were being cute and they painted cowbells blue and with the UK symbol and it's like. Yeah, that ain't going to end well for you. <laughs> and it didn't. Yeah. It did yeah. not. It was like, you don't go to their stadium and do their thing and be cute. Yeah. That is their thing, you know? <laughs> Which is cool that the whole world thinks that they want Bama. But I think this season you probably want Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, you'd probably rather have Georgia than Alabama. Cause, well, no, they'd probably rather have Alabama because they could probably take Alabama. <laughs> they can take Georgia. But, you uh, know, but, I mean, uh, props to, to Bryce Young. Um, broke a record this past Saturday. Um, the God, how did I mean, he, how did Carl uh, Robinson not break a record? He, he broke he broke Tua's record, and he threw five touchdown passes in in one half, and completed all thirteen passes that he threw. So, I mean, congrats to Bryce Young. Shout that out kid, to Will Rogers that kid's at Mississippi good. State too. I just don't think he's he's a he's 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 not flashy or fantastic. There's nothing. Other than being a good quarterback, there's nothing that stands out Can't about Marshall. He's did... kind of like an A.J. McCarron. A.J. McCarron was a great, but he wasn't a Tua. Yeah. Tua was like a fucking battleship on a target. Well, I mean, if you, if you pay any attention to, like, uh, NFL with the Dolphins this past Sunday, is Tua took the game over and won that game, and it was like a personal thing. And that was the Tua that we knew when he beat Georgia for the national mm-hmm. championship, and then he would lead the Tide the following year. Yeah. It's like Tua is someone who would take it personal. And if he had to, he'd put the team on his back. Yeah, and he was out for a few weeks too. So yeah. he's got that, oh, my God, nobody thinks Tua's any good anymore kind of thing. Yeah. So, so yeah. All right, last question. Let's walk it out of the door. Um, let's talk a little bit about – and we've done this in the past is uh, – let me frame it right – is – um, what song, what band, what album completely changed the way you saw music? And you can do then. I got you right now. Or now. Okay. Then or now. I'm going to do then or then. When I'll do both. then. Do both. I don't know about now. It's that would be kind of hard. But I've had several bands over the years that, and the way I see it, like it's it's monumental in my brain when a band changes the way you listen to music. And the band that did that for me for the very first time, because I grew up listening to whatever my parents were listening to on the radio. Um, I did delve into my mother's records and kind of, I really found the doors and and loved them. But the one band and record um, and song that changed the way that I listened to music was the Sex Pistols album, Nevermind the Bollocks, first song, Anarchy in the UK. Um, Just changed the way I listened to music. I was listening to hair metal. I had this, this cassette tape 
um, from Vinnie Vincent and the Invasion. Mm-hmm. Vinnie Vincent went on to play. He took Ace Frehley's place in Kiss for a little while um, and had his own successes. But I had that cassette tape, and I let my cousin Dusty, who was um, he's four years older than me, I let him borrow that cassette. And that day, I was in his car. had a freaking 280Z whatever car. And we were riding around, and I looked in his console, and I saw a cassette tape. No cover, no nothing. And when we got out of the car, went back into his house, he goes, man, I really love that Vinnie Vincent tape. You got, I got anything that, that you want for that? And I was like, man. I said, I don't know anything about it, but I just all I remember seeing was, never mind the bollocks, here's the sex pistol sitting in his console there in the middle where the, the little uh, the emergency brake used to uh-huh. be. He gave me that cassette, man, and that changed the fucking whole way I listened to music. Yeah. That was it. My, what about for you? Man, if I was going to go album band, and I'm going to say then, uh, it was completely transformative. And it happened because of a television show called Scrubs. I don't know if you remember it at all. Yeah, I'm, I never watched it, but I remember it. Yeah. Uh, one thing I thought was incredible about that show was they had whoever was in charge of the music, they'd done a phenomenal job because they did, they did great music discovery. Uh, bands that would never be on your radio were on that show. Mm-hmm. And I would say, say anything. Uh, Max Bemis. Yep, yep. Uh, I remember playing the record with the vines on it, and the guys were sitting down at the bottom as a white cover. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, that's the record I remember uh, th- playing. That was the one that changed my life. Well, awesome. Yeah. yeah uh, and it was a song called Whoa. Uh, it was song number two, but you can listen to the entire album of that. Uh, the the name of the album is uh, Say Anything Dot 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 Is a Real Boy, and that's that's the yeah. name of that record. Uh, and we. Sid was a, a better guitar player at the time. He still is today. I'll never tell you that I'm a good guitar player, but because uh, I'm not. But <laughs> <laughs> I would go on later to learn to play those songs, and I could play them just as well. It was just not to that level at that time. But Sid would begin to break those shows out or break say anything shows out at parties that we were attending back in high school. Yeah. Nobody knew him from Adam's House Cat. They thought that we wrote him because he would play it, and, <laughs> and I would sing it. Yeah. And like by the end of the song, it's like play another one. That's cool. And then yeah. we're like, and we were playing Alive with the Glory of Love, and we were doing like two or three songs off of that album. Mm-hmm. And I remember like that was the album that really broke the, uh, I guess, the chains on me as far as being able to step out and be like. Yeah, I can write a song. Yeah, I can come up with my oh, own lyrics. Cool. I can yeah. write my own music. And, uh, whoa. And look at you now. Yeah. Uh, we're doing a podcast, and I got the Groove Johnson, and I got my solo stuff, and uh, everything continues to grow. I got some cool things in 2022 for my own music. Uh, excited about that. I, I think I would accredit it to Max Bemis. Do I listen to Say Anything now? I do not. Yeah. Uh, it's something that I grew out of. Uh, I'm not an angsty teenager that needs to listen to angsty <laughs> music anymore. Uh, do I reflect on it every now and then? Hell yeah. Yeah. I go back. I go back to the Sex Pistols, and for if, sure. If I was to say today, and Band of Horses is my favorite band, uh, but I don't know, like doing this podcast and being able to interview these musicians is, if you want to know what influences me today, it's just listen to the show. 
If I tell you about Taylor Hollinsworth over and over and over again, I'm telling you, it's like that is a great influence. It's a great musician. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a he's a amazing human. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I mean, if you look at that umbrella and what that all envelops, it's like there's so much, and we've talked about it already tonight. A lot of it comes from Birmingham, and they say it's like. And at the time, I mean, these were not heroes in my sky, but like I, I get to hang out with some people that, if I'd have, if I'd have known their music then, I'd be yeah. like, oh my god, this is <laughs> the guy, cool, from, this is the guy from the Mystic Valley Band, or you it, know? it's come full circle yeah. for you, you know, yeah. yeah. So that's very cool. And I mean, that would be the answer. So let me ask you one more question. Sure. Have you heard the new Band of Horses song? Yes. Crutch. Yes. Yeah, it's there, There's man. The, it's, that they is, still got it. I mean, that right there, because I've always been into them. Um, but I think, um, what is it, The Funeral? The Funeral's been the one song that's been my good Oh, that was, that was a hit. Yeah. That was, yeah that that was, was, but that's the one I know from radio. I'll tell you, you a know? story about that. Yeah. Is I used to take guitar lessons uh, when I was, uh, from the time I was 16 to I was 19 with a cat here in town named Dennis McKay. Yeah, I know. And... Yeah. We were going to the first music festival I'd ever gone to in my life, and I was turning 18 years old. It would have been Memphis in May, Bill Street Music Festival. Mm-hmm. Dennis knew that. And so two weeks before I go to that festival, he's like, there's this really cool band that's going to be there. I wanted to teach you how to play this song. Tune your guitar down to drop D. This song was called The Funeral. That was my introduction to my favorite band, The Band of Horses. And I sat there in that little studio and learned how to play the funeral. And then two weeks later, me and Sid, the guy that influenced me to play guitar, mm-hmm. I saw him play at our talent show. He played Proud Mary by CCR. It just blew my hair back. I told my grandma that night. <laughs> blew my hair back. I was like, dude, I, I, I want to play guitar. I, I've got to play guitar. Yeah. And so uh, me and Sid would go to Memphis and... I didn't give a damn about anyone else at that festival, Band of Horses. And when they closed the show, now they, they always close with No One's Gonna Love You, but they saved the funeral towards yeah, the last. Yeah, that's a great song, too. Is uh, when they played the funeral, me and Sid were just like bumping elbows. It's like, yeah, yeah, this is it. Yeah, this is awesome. it. This is it. So, yeah. yeah, I love Band of Horses, man. Yeah. I've seen uh, the only album that I had not seen live is Casual, the woman Casual Party. It's. Uh, uh, I'm not okay, which is they're working on the new album now, but that gotcha. was their latest album. Gotcha. Well, 2020 kind of fucked that all up. Right? Well, no, uh, that yeah, album dropped. They they typically drop an album every forty uh, every four years, and that would have dropped in 2016. So, oh, okay. I, I, and I didn't get to see it. I didn't know. If, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right anything, on. Anything else to do? Any plugs? Anything going on at the art council before we go? Nope. Right on. Hey guys, thank y'all for listening. We are out of here. News and notes, and I got a lot of notes coming at you. Here is all the music that you heard throughout the episode. Hop In by Taylor Hollinsworth. Want to Get High by Jaco. Then we heard Daniel Sharp, Come Away With Me. Dexatines, Naked Ground, Night Surf, I Want to Destroy You. And To Walk It On Out The Door... How about the blips?